0: Hello and welcome to Bird Fans Forever podcast. I am John Pemberton, former ISU Rudbert from 1985 to 1990. I am joined by Steve Fate, ISU alumni from 1984 to 1988, and John Diner, ISU alumni from 1984 to 1988. Hello and welcome to episode five of Bird Fans Forever's podcasts. In this episode, we'll have Bob Morris, my coach from 89 to 90, but he actually coached from 89 to 92 for Illinois State and then did broadcasting with Kirk Pegler on the TV. Um, we also have a draft with proud Redbirds, David Beck Jared Wheat, and Bobby Wheat. And we will be doing a six-round draft, five players and a um first person off the bench. So that is our episode uh, for episode five. We'd also like to have you, um, if you're watching this on YouTube, click the like button and subscribe. Love to have that. Um, If you want to find us on an audio podcast, you can go out to www.birdfansforever.com and you can see where we're linked to. We have uh, Google, uh, uh, Audible, Uh, Amazon. So we have all those out there linked. and You can go out there and link and then you can follow us along and listen to it. So with that, we're going to get started. And so our first guest is going to be Bob Morris. Welcome back to Bird Fans Forever podcast. We are here with our special guest, my coach, Coach Bob Morris. So we're going to get this thing started. Steve, you're off.
1: Thanks, Coach, for joining us. So, My pleasure. What, what, what I'd love to know is, is to start off with is how you joined the Bob Bender staff.
2: Well, that, that's a pretty easy answer for me. There, there was a legendary high school coach in, in, in Bloomington, Illinois, here that by the name of Tom Hodson, who happened to be Bobby Bender's high school coach. And they had unbelievable success and this and that and everything. Well, and I then, as a high school coach in the area, got to know Tommy really well and, and coached, coached against him and, and so forth and so on, and got to know him personally very well. And when Bobby got the, named the head coach at Illinois State, I got a hold of Hottie and said, Hey, I got all kinds of interest in joining up with him. I'd spent some time at Lincoln Junior College coaching, I'd been on the staff with, the, uh, with John McDougall up at Northern Illinois who is, a, again, a Hall of Fame coach. And at Lincoln College, I was with the Hall of Fame coach, Al Pickering. And so I said, Hottie, help me here. What do I got to do? And he said, I'll call him. I'll get it set up. And next thing you know, I get a phone call, and Bobby and I are setting over a couple of beverages, talking about what I could do to join the staff. And it worked out, and thank God it did. One of the best experiences of my life, no question about it.
1: And because of that phone call, you get to uh, meet this gentleman here, right, and endure him for uh, for your first season, right? One
0: year. One, one that's year. all he was got before his one year. <laughs> one
2: year was enough. One year was a lifetime. <laughs> been, you know, and I, I say that so jokingly because that is such a special squad and such a special group of guys that. You know, it might have only been one year that John and I and, and the, the rest of those five seniors were together, but it, it was lifetime full of memories and lifetime friends.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so we're gonna roll on in. So we're talking we'll talk about that time. We'll come back and talk about the next year, which a lot of my good friends were on that one, which might not Ooh. be as, as memorable because of the, the number of wins in that season, but talk about coaching in the valley tournament
2: well there were so many emotions going on throughout that that week of the valley tournament because we were the host and back then that was the last year that on campuses got to host the tournament the following year it made the transition and and all for the betterment of the of the missouri valley it went to st louis and it stayed there forever and it's they do a phenomenal job of running it down there but it it had always been held at school sites and so forth so there was just a whole lot of work going into getting ready for that and getting prepared for that besides getting your own team ready our season had been one full as John can attest to of ups and downs that 89-90 year the transition from coming into a new staff getting the team to understand our ins and outs and us learning about them as the season went on. Then we get to the Valley Tournament. We finally are kind of on an uptick at the end of the season, and we get to the Valley Tournament. I've never seen this community jump on board with a team like that in my life. We beat Drake in the first round, and the momentum was building. We then come back and beat Creighton in the second round, which was, that was no given. That was one outstanding Creighton team that we had to good friend. And then we get to the championship. They must have had the fire marshal tied up and gagged somewhere in a <laughs> cellar because there had to be 12,000 people in a place that only seats 10,600, I believe, at that time what you literally yep. could not hear yourself so it was one of the most emotional exciting and obviously great ending to a story I've ever been involved with awesome well and and, and then John right. to add to that you we had the personal side to it with Ricky ja- the passing of Ricky Jackson's mother mm-hmm. we didn't know if Ricky Absolutely. was going to be back you know we we had we assumed nothing. We were prepared to coach without him and completely could have understood it. And and, and Ricky's mother as as I'm sure people remember had, had lost a, a battle with cancer and, and Ricky had gone home for the funeral and so forth. And you never know what to expect from those scenarios. So we were we we had a couple of game plans as we prepared for the tournament. And as it turned out Thank God he returned and gave us all a show to remember.
0: He did. He did. He was a little hollow, right? You could see into his eyes that he was, he you know was what? in pain. There was definite right? pain um, there.
2: There was definite pain.
0: Yeah, it was definite pain. Definite pain. Um, and I remember that conversation. He came into the locker room and, and said to us that... Uh, uh, I want to go home and see my mom. We were supposed to go down to Southern. This is the second right. to last game. We'll all come home and play Creighton at yeah. home. And he's like, um, I want to go see your mom. We were like, go tell the coaches and go, right? And uh, so he went and talked to the co- yep. You guys. And then he he went and we went down to Southern. And Drod and I talked about during Drod's podcast. And you know, it was something that we kind of let him down on. We battled oh. hard down there. Uh, Again, it was a Hall of Fame team, you know, with the, the whole lineup of guys.
1: Yes,
0: it was. Um, yeah. Asha Mariah is in the Hall of Fame. Jerry Jones, I think, is in the Hall of Fame. You know, they had Sterling Mahan and Lee, Those guys are probably qualified, just yeah. like the Creighton team, right? Exactly. The, the oh. dynamic duel, yes. they're both in the Hall of yeah. Fame, right, with Tony Broney, right. right? And so that was an
2: awesome yeah. team. So, yeah. 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 Well, do you remember, Let's you know, since you're talking about that Carbondale trip, the game was a heartbreaker. Do you remember what happened after the game when we went to the airport? I oh, do. I God. do. Tell it. We were obviously were crushed after that loss. And all we want to do is get in a play, get home, turn the page, and get ready for the next one. We had a home game that, um, gee whiz, who the heck was the next? Creighton that Creighton, right.
0: last one. We had to win so, Creighton to lock up third place because it was we had all lost right. to each other once. Yep. If we didn't, oh. we could fall to fourth place exactly. and we didn't want that. So we get and to so, the
2: airport and uh finally, you know, we're getting everything unloaded from the bus to get on the plane, and they come out and they say, This plane's not going anywhere. We go, What are you talking about? This perfect weather outside. Let's get let's get this show in a road and go, <laughs> Well, we have a this the uh, flight attendant is pregnant and she can't fly and we can't put a plane in the air without a (laughs) flight attendant that's rules long story short we don't fly home that night we get on the horn we're calling all over the place. we find a bus and (laughs) Oh, not even a good bus. Oh it's not God even a good Lord. bus. I mean, the Partridge family wouldn't have ridden in that sucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It was it horrible. Was horrible. And we're all squeezed in there like sardines. And we make that ungodly trip from Carbondale back here to Boynton Normal. <laughs> and we stopped at some, like, gas station and bought every ounce of food that they had. Chips and all the things that is going to kill you as you grow older. And everybody, that was it. That was our. That
0: That was all we had for food. We had no food. And do you remember the the heat on the bus?
2: There was no.
0: There was no heat heat on the bus. In February in Illinois, we were all huddled. We were breaking out our game sweats from under the bus when we hit that gas station and putting our game sweats on under our letterman's jackets to stay warm because we were just so damn
2: cold. And in hindsight, <laughs> there had to be an angel looking over us because it might have been one of the best things that happened to us because instead of lingering on the loss, that goofy bus ride home allowed us to turn the page, laugh about things. By the time we got home, we were all laughing at this. You know, you could see your breath in the bus, and things of that nature. That you, instead of lingering and somebody being pissed off because of this or that and a loss, it, it was it was time we got home. We were it was it was a lighthearted mood again, and we were back to business. As ugly as a bus ride as that was, and I hope no one would ever have to experience that again. It might have helped us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i do remember passing around oh, bags i mean that, doritos was, and thinking, that was the main course i'm a division one i, I was a division one basketball player and we were having to that share the doritos on the the right there, <laughs> i think so. the
1: southern guy returned the favor uh was about like exactly. six, seven years ago when they were driving home and uh they got stuck yes. in a
2: snowstorm yes. in the bus. They should never have attempted that a trip home, but they tried and they didn't get very far. Ended up in a ditch on the interstate. Yeah.
0: All right, Coach. We're going on to the next one. So we turn around and we play in the NCAA tournament. Talk about that well, for us. Once
2: you know, you know as, You know you probably have as good a stories anyway as I have, John, because once you're in the tournament. You're told what you're going to do. You're told when you're going to do it. And there's no exception to the rules. Your shoot around times, your practice times, your pickup times when the bus is there. And, and there's no exception. I mean, there might not be anybody on the court, but you can't enter the court until twelve fifteen or whenever the designated time is, because that's what it says on the itinerary. And they're holding you back. And it's like, What the crap? There's nobody out there. Let's go out and shoot around. Nope. Nope. You're not getting on until 12.15. Okay. And so, we. I mean, everything was regimented. And I understand the reason and logic. You know, it happens. And that's the way you run a good tournament is by keeping things on schedule. All right. So, we get there. We go through all of that. And we, I mean, you're excited. You're in the NCAA tournament. You've made the big dance. You're playing the... The the last year's national champion, Michigan Wolverines. We're supposed to just roll over, lay dead, and let them run laps over top of us. Somebody forgot to tell us about that part, though. We we were just <laughs> silly enough you to, think to figure we out. We could win that game, and by God, we almost did. We you know it. We ended up losing. What was it by six, Johnny?
0: Yep, seventy. Or like I just told you, Coach, we were talking about this right before, you know, in our warm up with talking with uh, our special guest. Yeah. It's seventy-seven with ninety seconds to go. It is is 70-70. Yeah, they were. And they the were, announcers they were, don't know, you know what to you know, say at okay, this again. Point,
2: like you and right? I were chit-chatting prior to that. They kept thinking we were going to roll over at any time. You know, all right, these guys are about. to, This could be the final blow for the Redbirds. Okay, they're about to pack in their tent. Ta- nope, there was no die in you guys. You weren't. There was too much pride. We had come too far throughout that season to roll over to anyone. And it didn't happen. But dang it, we had a chance. We were right there, baby. We were right there. And you know what? What, Again, one of the cool parts, one of the best memories I have is after the game, you never feel good after a loss. Never. You know, it just eats at you and tears with you forever and ever. But there was a certain camaraderie and or pleasure, I guess maybe, that in that locker room afterwards, we knew we shocked a lot of people that night. And we knew that we, hey, the Redbirds were for real, baby. We didn't come out here to play second fiddle to anybody. I don't give a crap who you are where you're from. And you guys laid it on the line and we felt proud. There was a sense of pride in that locker room afterwards Probably. of what we had done that night. Yep. No question.
0: No played our best game. So
2: five guys off of the Michigan team right. ended up in the awesome. NBA. <laughs> yeah, they had careers. They had a, long time. <laughs> have a cup of yes. They had careers in the NBA.
0: Absolutely. All right, next one you wanted, you gave me a list of things to talk in. We're doing great here. Um, You want to talk about that European trip. So... We can we can neither confirm nor deny that there might have been an NCAA violation, an NCAA violation on that trip because somebody might have taken a shot in a game that was not an official red bird and made that said shot, but we cannot say any names because the names must remain secretly well, sworn shot away might to secrecy. Have been made
2: by a now commissioner? of a league, who serves on the Basketball Rules Committee. (laughs) And one of my, again, that's one of my favorite memories of all time, too, is we had had so much fun on the European trip, and any coach and or player that makes those trips understands the importance of them. It you know, we came back the next year and you have alluded to, John, we didn't have a lot of wins that next year. We take this European tour, European trip, and it sets the stage for two more regular season championships after that. And and all started with a with yep. a European trip that you laugh, you you, you giggled, you, you you exchange things, thoughts you're you're confined and trapped with each other the entire time so you better learn to get along you know everybody always talks about bonding well it's it's like a family because sometimes you'll want to hug your family at Christmas when you get the greatest presents and sometimes you just want to smack your brother and it happens on those kind of trips and then you laugh about it and the ones that you that you see. Bonding and and getting together are the ones that end up making a difference in your season Those trips mean so much and and I'll take it a step further I see these kids entering transfer portals now and leaving a school after one year or maybe two years and not getting to Experience those kind of things. Are you kidding me? You're passing up a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to chase greener pastures that you don't know what they are yet, and the greener pastors might be at home on a trip you take to Europe or something of that nature, and and so I I, I shake my head. They're missing out on things they don't realize they're missing out on. All
0: right, coach. Uh, one more question here, and uh, so oh, your God, nickname go is Bullet. <laughs> but your nickname started. <laughs> oh, Amen. You know I'm going here. <laughs> so we know you as Speedy Bullet. The longer you coached after ours, you became known as Bullet, and so everybody refers to you as Bullet. So, how did you come up with the name? Well, it was Silver Bullet, then it became Speedy Bullet, then it became well, Bullet. So, you how know, did John, Silver Bullet come about?
2: You do things personally and professionally that, as you get older, you look back on and you go, "Oh my God, why did I do that?" This is it's one of those moments. And it stuck with me, and it still sticks with me today. I'm still referred to as Bullet. I have wide variety of people, but here it is in a nutshell. And it's not even that overly exciting. We're on a road trip to what was then Southwest Missouri, now Missouri State. And it's the night before the game. We're done with everything. We've we've had dinner. We've done the you know we had practice dinner back up to the room for film session, individual position, breakdowns and discussions with coaches. Then we come back, have our coaches get together and, and discussion, and it's, okay. I'm thirsty. We go downstairs, <laughs> Coach Bender and I, we go downstairs, and we're going to have one drink and go to bed. we got to unwind. Well, there's a guy sitting at the other end of the bar, that sees we have Illinois State gear on. To say this guy was a little tipsy would be underrating where he was at that point in time. And he starts blowing us crap up, one side and down the other, about how Mickey Mouse Redbirds are, and just goes on and on. He said, you guys couldn't even win a drinking contest, let alone a basketball game. I said, wait a minute, pal. I've heard enough of you. Now, at this hour, there's him, Coach and I, and maybe two other poor people sitting in this lonely little hotel bar. I said, let's bring it on, partner. Turn the ball cap on backwards. Let's have at it. The bartender says, okay, here's the rule. I'll serve them one at a time. you got one minute to drink them. Coach Bender says, Redbird Pride, dude. Don't let me down. So we both hit the first one. Under a minute, no problem. The guy serves up the second one. Boom. We're doing great. I'm on pace. We're rolling. Next thing I know, this guy falls off his chair. He's gone. He is out for the night. They help him get out. He's a. And from that point on, Coach referred to me as the silver bullet because I was drinking Coors Light which was labeled the <laughs> silver bullet. And that is how it happened.
1: <laughs> you know, after uh, you, you got done coaching these, these guys here, right, and you got all the Ties community and, and so forth, you did, went to broadcasting, he so you did a whole bunch of ISU uh, games. So I, I know if I was broadcasting I'm watching the games I'd be emotional and stuff like that and I know you know some people might tuning in from other schools might think who cares slide a little bit towards Illinois State but how did you yeah (laughs) that's what I say but how did you like keep your emotions intact and stuff like that you know during the good times the bad times during those games and then tell us you know we were talking before the, uh, this broadcast. Tell us well, about
2: what happens during these games. To keep your emotions intact, is it, it was a lot easier on the radio because I knew no one ever had a chance of seeing me. So I could be, I, my arms could go out, I could flail, I could, <laughs> my facial expressions could give me whatever, and no one was ever going to see me on the radio. Like You know, I had a face made for radio, and and if, if we threw the ball away on a breakaway or something and I, you know it was killing me but you tried to remain intact as you portrayed that on the on air but in television you never know when that camera's going to come around it was a little more difficult one time during a commercial break and I did all my games on TV with Kirk Pegler Kirk took the headphones off tapped me and said would you turn loose of my arm you are going to break my arm. (laughs) Oh, I didn't even know I had a hold of (laughs) it. Well, if we didn't make 15 turnovers, I wouldn't be grabbing your arm, Kurt. He said, but I haven't made one yet, Bob. Leave me alone. So it's a little (laughs) difficult to be unbiased, and it's a little difficult to be not emotional, because as johnny can attest to i i I have a tendency to get fired up when doing ball games whether it be practice or the game and so yep while i'm doing games i get a lot of assistance that people aren't aware of right there you john holds phone. i'm getting text messages (laughs) from john I'm getting, I, I probably, at times, I, I had older. as many as 20, 25 people that were former players and or coaches that, I were, that are saying, what the hell's going on? Why won't they feed the post, Pemberton? Why the ball won't the they throw the ball in the post, coach? What's going on? Well, John, I, they don't allow me to walk across court and offer suggestions during timeouts. I'm just relaying what they're doing out there. You know, and i it's amazing. Like I said, I would get up to twenty, twenty-five different text messages regarding things. You know, Todd Cagle always had a bright idea or two that I should throw on air. You know, there were channels, Donna would always have suggestions. Oh, there was all kinds of guys that were willing to text me while a ball game's going on. I, guys, I'm not coaching them. I'm just talking about them. So there was always a lot of ideas coming my way through tech. Message.
0: And you responded, too. I mean, I, I you were always, I was always amazed. Because I know Cagle and I and CA and all these other guys, we chat. And
3: well, we Well, I mean, always, it'd be rude yeah, not to.
0: Impressive job. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing a job! you get paid! <laughs> I'd be like, you knuckleheads didn't listen to me when I was uh, coaching you! I hey, should let I me tuck tell you down! Before
2: we do sign off, Coach, that season in 89-90 yep. will always have a special place in my heart, and I know for many of us it does. The ups and downs we went through, the run we got on at the end, we finished the season before we got the NCAA. I believe it was a 12 and 3 run we put on at the end through the tournament. The excitement that took place at Redbird Arena and all of that. I just, you know, publicly want to say thank you to you and all the fellas. You, you've you made an old man happy, and I I will go to my grave smiling about that, <laughs> and I appreciate what you did
0: thank you. It was, it was a great year. And coach, thank you for coaching me and putting up with my knuckleheaded dumb 22 year old self. And um, I got a great picture, which I'll post up here of you and uh, um, Eric, coach Eric Hughes talking to Gerard and I, probably telling you <laughs> dumbbells block out. Right. And so um, uh, but no, you guys were great. Um, and, and, you know, and, and coming from you know, the Donwald type coaching to a Bender type coaching, there was probably two or three months where you had to uh, deprogram us from that thing. And so um, again, it was amazing. It was a team effort. Um, one of the things that Steve and John always laugh about after the Gerard one uh, interview um, was the fact that, you know, he, the, Steve was commenting that Rod saying, no, 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 you did a great job, and you're saying, no, 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 you did a great job, and he's like, you two won't take credit for it, you're giving credit to everybody else, and this is 30 years later, right, and, and if oh. we had an ISU team like yeah. that today, we'd yeah. be going to the dance again, right, and it's a very different mentality by players, and I hope okay. they someday can learn that, but coach, we gotta wrap this up, this has been Bird Fans Forever, our special guest, Bob Morris, my great coach, Um, and so John Diner, Mr. Engineer, will you take us out? Hello, and welcome back to our proud Redbird segment on bird fans forever podcast. Today, our proud Redbirds are David Steppenbeck, Jared Wheat, and Bobby Wheat. And we will be doing a six round draft of isu redbirds so uh with that jared has an interesting story
4: yep uh i have a small connection with coach morris so i went to u high uh graduated in 05 and coach morris was the girls basketball coach uh, and i think the pe teacher there so he also taught driver's ed. So I got assigned to Coach Morris as my driver's ed teacher. And we know he can coach basketball, but he also can, can teach driver's ed because I've only had two speeding tickets in about 19 years of driving. So I think that's those are pretty good numbers. So thank you, Coach Morris, for your, for your teaching there.
0: Jared, that was an awesome story about Coach. Love it. Okay, so we are going to be doing a draft here with former isu players and current players if you want to pick one so we have um, we're going to do snake order and we're going to do six rounds five starters and a first person off the bench we're going to start with jared
4: yep i got the easiest pick so the guy's name is on the court he's got a statue in front of the arena his jerseys up in the rafters all-time leading scorer doug collins
0: next up with the second pick Team Dave.
5: So I'm going to go with Tyrese Bryson. If he would have had four years of eligibility, then he would be number two on the all-time scoring list. I mean, uh, just look what he did. 38 points at Purdue in the NIT.
0: Next up was Team Bobby with the third pick.
6: All right, I'm going to go way back before my time. I'm going with the Iceman. I'm taking Ronnie Jones. I've watched the film from the Houston-NIT game. As a freshman, knocking down two free throws to send it to overtime against Houston. 1,839 points, and he's second all-time in assists. That's who I'm going with. I'm taking Mr. Clutch, the Iceman, Ronnie Jones.
0: Next up, Team Steve with the fourth pick.
1: All right, I'm going to take the number 12 uh, all-time scorer. Um, And he did it in three years as well. And uh, his last two years, he averaged over 18 points, uh, 8.2 and 7.5 rebounds. His game would translate to today. Uh, Rico Hill, he can shoot the three and pound it inside.
0: Next up, with the fifth pick, Team John.
3: Um, Yeah, so I'm taking it back a a few years also uh, uh, to a guy who can score and get a whole bunch of rebounds. I'm going to take Jeff Wilkins um he uh he had uh uh 21 points and 11 rebounds in his last year at uh illinois state i went to the nba for six years um so i i i'm,
0: I'm taking jeff wilkins so i have the sixth and seventh draft so with the sixth pick i am going to take my boy randy blair from east peoria he played in the second annual last game at Horton Fieldhouse. He played in the first game at Redbird Arena. He is a Missouri Valley Conference tournament champion. Played in two NITs and played against Michigan in the NCAA tournament. So my sixth pick <laughs> is Randy Blair. My seventh pick is my boy Gerard Coleman from North Chicago, number 52. He also played in the second annual first or last game at Horton Fieldhouse. He. Also played the first game of Redbird Arena. Also played two in IT. Also won the, and I'm being very annoying, also won, uh, won the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament and played against Michigan. So with the seventh pick, Gerard Coleman. With the eighth pick, it's to John Diner.
3: Um, so I'm taking a, a a guy who I really loved watching play. He uh, he uh, could, could score, take it to the rack, Basically, do pretty much anything. Uh, loved watching him, uh, Osiris Eldridge,
1: Mr. Excitement,
0: Mr. Excitement, right. Next up, with the ninth pick, is Team Steve.
1: All right, we're gonna turn back the clock, and uh, we're gonna take the second all-time score in Redbird uh, history, and that's Billy Lewis, six foot six, averaged eight rebounds, seven point nine rebounds and shot 77.6% from free throws. He can do it all, he can put the rock in the basket. Mr. Offense,
6: Billy Lewis.
0: Next up with the 10th pick is Team Bobby.
6: All right, now I watched a lot of film. They said that John, you were the strongest player in the Bob Donawald era when he was there. But I think this guy was stronger. I'm going with Rick Lamb as my pick here. 28 double-doubles, could score, could rebound. A little bit of enforcement, so I'm going with that as my, my pick.
0: Oh, that was a great pick in Rick Lamb. Um, and I had to run up against him a couple times my freshman year. It was brutal. Um, so next up is Team Dave with the 11th pick.
5: So I'm going to go with the last Redbird that was the um, Larry Bird Trophy winner, the all-time steals leader, Paris Lee.
0: Next is Team Jared with the 12th pick.
4: Yep, I already got the all-time leading scorer. I got to get the guy that scored the most points in a single game. So I'm going to go with Bubbles Hawkins, who put up 58 against Northern Illinois. He can score, drafted by the Golden State Warriors. That is the end
0: of round two. So now we're at the start of round three. We did take a little pause there. We did find out that Jared's kind of pissed off at his brother cuz it sounds like Bobby's just stealing all Jared's picks cuz we actually had a previous round but had a little technical difficulty. So, yeah, there and might have to do some brotherly, to, you know, counseling there and so I I've carried him all my life, you know. So, I, I can't keep doing it. <laughs> And, Bobby, we'd like to um, thank you for wearing an ISU sweatshirt. I was really – we were worried that you might, as an assistant coach at Wesleyan, you might break out the green gear. Yeah, I, I didn't have my
6: Elite Eight t-shirt on or anything like that today. I got the i got the Illinois State stuff on. I heard. So
0: good, I got good, good, good. Okay, we're starting round three with the um, 13th pick, Jared.
4: You know – I need a big guy, so I'm going to go with the guy that went to three straight NCAA tournaments in the 80s, hit the game-winning shot against Alabama for ISU's first ever NCAA win. Big Lou Stefanovic.
0: Lou, great pick. Uh With the 14th pick, Dave.
5: So, as the saying goes, as Slick Rick brought Horton to its feet... I am going to go with my old man's favorite player, Ricky Johnson.
0: Slick Rick. Yep.
5: Another
1: another Mr. Excitement.
0: Yeah, another Mr. Excitement. Yeah, his left-handed dunks were just phenomenal,
1: especially over Benoit Benjamin. Oh,
0: yeah, I was at that game <laughs> as a in as a uh, senior in high school. Got to come down to see that game. With the 15th pick, Bobby
5: all right,
6: I'm going to go back to even before the Division One era. I'm going to go with a college division guy. I'm going to go with Fred Marbury. He's fourth in rebounding, averaged 22.1 points per game and 11 rebounds, averaged a double-double, a big guy, and he was ruled ineligible his second semester of his senior year or he would have done even more damage. So that's who I'm going with. I'm going a little bit off the grid, but I'm going with Fred Marbury for my pick.
0: That was a great pick. Alright, that's the 15th pick. The 16th pick goes to Team Steve.
6: Alright, I'm
1: picking a person, uh, an all-around player that can do everything. He can uh, uh, score some points for you, he can uh, rebound, and he can play defense. He was Defensive Player of the Year from the Missouri Valley. And uh, we learned in episode one, this is very important since we only got six players, and you need someone that can play 45 minutes and not break a sweat, <laughs> is uh, Dan Muller. We're going to take Dan Muller. <laughs>
0: Was that a reference to my joke I made to him about being, after 42 minutes of play, looking like an Amber Connery and Fitch model? Yes. Yes. He <laughs> good you. after yeah. 45 minutes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dan Muller. Love him. He was our first guest. That was an honor. To the 17th pick is Team
3: John. And so I'm going to take uh, Dan's teammate, Jamar Smiley. Um, he was a... Uh, I need a point guard for my team. So I think uh, he was always at the top of the assist list um, nationally when he was playing. So I'm going to go with Jamar.
0: Great pick. Jay Smiles. Okay. So with the 18th pick, Team Pemberton is going with his version of Slick Rick, Ricky John Jackson. Um, Again, played in the second annual last game at Horton Fieldhouse. He played in the Missouri Valley Championship, had an awesome tournament, Um, played in the NCAA tournament with me, played in the first game of Redbird Arena. Um, Just incredible steal and a dunk there at the end of, uh, with 90 seconds to go to tie us up at 77 with Michigan, Slick Rick. I am then going to turn around with my 19th pick and take Richard Thomas, my freshman point guard. Uh, arguably still one of the top five point guards, uh, could score and get assists, fit in wonderfully as a freshman, but that would go on to lead Illinois State to two other Missouri Valley Conference championships. Um, and so my 19th pick is Richard Thomas. Notice I didn't say, didn't play in the first annual Field Fieldhouse game or the Redbird game because he wasn't there yet. So he was still in high school. So... With the 20th pick goes the Team John. All right, so I'm going to
3: take a guy. I, I, Steve actually bought his book for me. Um, he uh, averaged 20, 21 points, four rebounds, and three assists when he was playing.
0: Um, so uh, Rick Whitlow. Uh, yeah, and Steve was kind enough to get right. all of us his book. Yes, yeah. <clears throat> I have the book also. We have it signed. Um, I got a chance to talk to him after Steve purchased the book for the three of us. And um, um, a great chance to talk to him before he passed. So, love listening yeah, to him. Super kind, I can
1: tell you this. Like, I sent him a couple of emails, when we were getting the books, and he was like corresponding with me, and he didn't know me from Boo. So, super nice.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, great guy. So, now to Team Steve, pick number 21.
1: All right. So, you know, I agree with you guys. That uh, I, I think uh, Bobby. Uh, you took uh, Mr. Jones, right? And, and uh, John, you took um, Smiley, but you need you need a you need a good point guard, right? to quarterback your team. And why not take the point guard that went to three consecutive NCAA's? And and for me, this is uh, you know a, a favorite of mine. Uh, he played. He was a senior when I was a freshman. Got to watch him play, Michael McKenny. And by the way, Lou Stavanovich gets that open shot because Michael McKenny feeds him the ball.
0: Yep. 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 Michael McKenney. Yeah, got to play against him, too. God, he could. Randy learned a lot from, you know, uh, Summers playing against Michael McKenney. He was awesome. With the 22nd pick, it goes to Team Bobby.
6: All right. I don't think he's been taken here, but I'm going to go with Jared. Let me teach you this. He's the only percentage shooter in Illinois State history. I'm going with Tony Hollifield. That That's my pick. No. So. Not free throws, field goal percentage. So, that's so, what it.
0: We we got to explain this joke here. All of us are laughing at this because in our mock first draft, first draft, before Dave had a technical incident with his computer, which we're not sure is really technical or on purpose. We we're still trying to investigate that. But Mr. Jared Wheat explained that tone, or, uh, Hank Cornley shot 70% from the floor, which after Steve did some fact-checking and Jared realized he read his free-throw percentage, we're all laughing about it. And, of course, Bobby has to give him grief on it. So since Bobby opened the door, I had to explain it. Nice. Thanks, job, Bob. Bobby.
4: Appreciate you bringing that up. Appreciate it.
6: I'm sure I'll get a Christmas card this year. Yep.
4: <laughs> yeah.
0: And again, I think Ann's gonna to have to start doing some more family counseling here, so <laughs> Ann Wheat, legendary state farmer. Okay.
1: Howlfield played uh, when we went to school, played with you, John, right? Yeah, he did. Not not super tall, but he had that body, great space, and, and knocked down that you know two foot, four foot shot time yeah. and time again.
0: Yep, great great player. He could snake his way between guys. He was just he was elusive in the post. Um, So that gives us to the twenty-third pick, and that's Dave.
5: So I'm going to go with the big. He was picked in the eighth round of the NBA draft by the San Antonio Spurs. The late Dell Yarborough.
0: Great pick, Big Dell. The last pick of the fourth round, number twenty, the twenty-fourth pick goes to Jared.
4: Hey, I'm going to take a guy that shoots 72% from the free throw line. He's a heck of a player. (laughs) Eighth in scoring in school history, third in career rebounds, Hank Cornley.
0: Love Hank the Tank. So, love it. All right, that is the end of round four. Start of the sixth round, going with the 25th pick to Team Jared.
4: Yeah, I really need a good point guard to spread the ball around. So, I'm going to go with Derek Mays. 14th in points in ISU history and third in assists. So I'm going to go with Derek Mays.
0: D, good call. All right. With the 26th pick goes to Team Dave.
5: So I'm going to go with everybody's favorite um, kick and um, the best celebration ever after a game-winning shot, Jackie Carmichael.
0: The best. Yeah. Ja- love the karate <laughs> kick. <laughs> Big Jackie. Nice job with the 27th pick goes to Team Bobby.
6: All right, I had to choose whether I picked with my head or my heart for this one. I wanted the shooter. I went back, I watched Jeff Harris versus Creighton, the eight threes. By far the most pure shooter, but I'm going with my heart because of March 20th, 1995, Antonio Cooper brought the house down at Redbird Arena against Washington State. I was a ball boy that night. Might have been the loudest Redbird arena's ever been since 1990 for the Valley finale, but I'm going with Antonio Cooper for my shooting guard.
0: Great pick. The the Uh,
5: RBA
1: erupted when he made that three. Erupted.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That was a monster shot, too. All right, with the 28th pick, Team Steve.
1: All right, so I don't know if you guys noticed that the theme. I, I do have a point guard, but I have a six foot six. Mr. Hill, Muller, six foot six. I got Billy Lewis, six foot six. I got to pick another six foot six guy. And uh, <laughs> so I, I'm going to go with Roger Powell. And, and if you guys listened to the last episode, okay, Randy explained that Roger would go to the corner, right, and, and, and pump in long shots. And there's no three point shot back then. So you know he was uh, 20th. He, he averaged over 19 points his senior year, plus uh, almost six rebounds, and and. Well, three-point shot it would have been even more and and john can attest to this i i saw him um still playing in in his 60s right at, at, at the alumni, alumni game. game yeah and and he used to come in and practice with you guys right and and, and, and you know 10 years out of school and, and, and light it up so roger powell
0: mad bomber yeah we were uh in horton Fieldhouse after the senior after the season my sophomore year and he came in it was sam and i and ricky and randy and we were just in there shooting around doing some drill work coaches had left and we were just sitting in chairs laughing and he comes walking in um and uh, sam's like elbowing us you know who that is we're like uh no as players you don't always know the history very well especially young players you do as you start to get older and wanted to play a game of horse and needless to say he smoked all four of us i was the first one out duh and then but i mean some of the shots he was standing out of bounds shooting right just unbelievable so the mad bomber all right with the 29th pick team john um so i need a bookend for jeff wilkins
3: um and so i'm going to take another big um ron devries um, averaged 16 points and 14 rebounds um so i i i I think he'd be a great uh, addition to the team uh, with jeff wilkins
0: great addition to the team all right so that brings to me and i have the 30th pick i am going to take derek sanders who was a senior when i was a freshman and a sophomore big d um Played on two NCAA teams and took a team his senior year to um, the uh, Elite Eight game against Lionel Simmons in LaSalle. And we talked about some of the dumpy gyms I've played in. That was probably LaSalle was the worst, right? Lights were on one side of the ceiling. You couldn't basically shoot a three from the right side um, a corner because you'd be looking straight into lights. It was ridiculous. So Derek Sanders is my 30th pick my 31st pick. I'm going with my sixth man. I was going to go C.A., who actually got a six-man award. I also thought about Rob Gibbons, who got a six-man award. Big Gibby. But I'm going to take my boy Sonny Roberts. Started as a freshman with him. We both redshirted. Played in the first annual, second last game of Horton Fieldhouse. Played in the first game of Redbird Arena. Missouri Valley Conference champion and uh, played in Michigan against Michigan. So my boy Sonny Ray Roberts. All right, that is the thirty-first pick. The thirty-second pick goes to Team John. So I'm going to take
3: the most improved player from last year, um, who uh, unfortunately is not going to be a Redbird anymore. But he's been a, a he was great for the team this past year, averaged twenty points. Um, Antonio Reeves.
0: Great pick. Sorry to see him go to Kentucky. Same. Ooh. Same so, all right. All right. I'd rather see him go to Kentucky than go to Bradley. Oh, right. So, yeah, I'm glad he didn't stay in the Valley. So, all right. With the 33rd pick, it goes to Steve.
1: All right. So, with, with this next pick, I'm going to take one of one of my my favorite players and and I got excited about this player watching him. When he was in high school, he, he was played for uh, Spring Valley, and uh, they won a, a, I believe, a couple state championships. I remember watching him; it was probably old WGN on there, just getting excited that he was coming to ISU, and he was just this pure shooter. And I uh, I still think if uh, Bryson stays healthy, and and, and Sean Jepson's there, that that season is going to be you know a much better you know season. And unfortunately, uh, uh, Bryson got hurt. But uh, the other thing. I, I know we, we, uh, you thought uh, uh, the, the greatest game-winning shot was uh, Carmichael's. I, I, when Jepsen, that inbounds play and that turnaround shot, that that was spectacular. Okay, And uh, just a great three-point shooter, so uh, Mr. Jepsen.
0: Yeah, that was an incredible turnaround, right? So yeah. great job by Sean. All right, with the 34th pick, Bobby.
6: All right, here's a guy I just absolutely loved, especially going to basketball camps. I thought he was probably the most fun person, player there. I'm going with Leroy Watkins. I'm matching up him and Rick Lamb together um, for my my fives. uh, But love Leroy, and and that's, that's, that's my pick here.
0: Yeah, wow. That was two great, true centers. All right, with the 35th pick, Dave.
5: So I'm going to go with everybody's favorite mullet. I believe he's still top 20 in um, scoring, Mike Vandegaard.
0: <laughs> Big Mike, yes. Vandy is gone at 35th pick. And for the last pick, I don't think we can call him Mr. Irrelevant like they do in the NFL. So, Jared, you gotta you got to bring us a good one here.
4: Well, I looked at my team, and I realized I don't know if anyone played with a three-point line on my team. So I need a three-point shooter, all right? And though this guy only played at ISU one year, but was one of my favorite players, oh, Champo yeah. Gucci. I think he had 93-pointers, which I believe is a school record for most in one season. So that guy could light it up. He's a matchup problem. He was tall and lengthy. So go Champo Gucci.
0: That is a great pick. So that is the end of our Um, proud Redbird draft. So thank you for sticking around this far. Um, What's going to happen now is we're going to post this out on the boards and we're going to put a vote to it. So we're going to let the fans on the board, the Redbird fan board, um, and the website is redbirdfan.net, right? Dot net. Thank you. Wanted to make sure I got that right. Um, please go out there and vote for your favorite team, whether that's Team Jared, Team Dave, Team Bobby, Team Steve, or Team John. Um, and we'll, we'll do a recap at, later and bring these back on and we'll see how everybody did and they can kind of defend their team. So we'll do a follow-up here in a month or two and we'll enjoy this. So with that, I'd like to thank... Jared and Bobby and Dave for joining us and giving us their perspective on players that they either saw or wanted to put on their team. And with that, thank you for listening to Bird Fans Forever. And Mr. Engineer, time for the applause.